What do we got here? The Yvette Brothers. Close the car and write the note. I and love and you. Oh. Is this grab a selection by our next guest? He's a Carolinan. Is he? Yes. He is. Ladies and gentlemen, here is our championship tournament director. Championship director. I don't want to call it tournament director. Danny, what should we call you? What do you want us to call you? <laughs> Uh, great question. Good morning, guys. You can you can call me anything you want at this point. Okay. Thirty-seven days uh, to the championship. I've been called a lot of things, but uh, <laughs> just excited to be on with you guys this morning. Well, it's me. great to have you, and uh, I, I I think you know. I don't know, being a Carolinian, if that's what they call you, uh, how excited we are here at the station for what's about to happen. I'm sure you've had some dealings with the station. We all are on the edge of our seats for Chambers Bay. We've been talking. It's funny because. When these things are awarded to a certain site, it's years. What was the date that that we found out Chambers Bay would indeed host a U.S. Open, Danny? Do you remember the it date? It was uh, June thirteenth, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Seven years. And we say to each other, we look at each other and say, "This is great, great news. This is going to be great." But we all hope to be alive when the when the thing is played. <laughs> and then the seven years somehow go by quickly, don't they, Danny? Before you know it, here we are, 30-something days away. It's amazing. It does, guys. I've, I've been here on site in the Pacific Northwest for two and a half years, and I felt like I just moved uh, yesterday. It, it, time really flies. How, how much fun have you had living here in the Northwest, or haven't you had fun living in the I, I've moved. I'll be honest with you guys. I've For the last 20 years, I've lived all over the country, and uh, you know I didn't know a, a, a lot about the Pacific Northwest before I moved here, but uh, it will always always be a home away from home for me. My my family and I love it here. You've, you've really got something special. Really? That's great, Danny. What, why is it? We joked. You probably heard us on hold joking about it. Why do you think there was the rumor and speculation and innuendo, ooh, they're not happy with Chambers, ooh, the greens are bad, ooh, there's no clubhouse there, they're going to they're gonna pull it, the USGA is going to pull the event. Well, why do you think they're all – is that normal or I, – especially, I guess, when it's a new venue or is that something that just happened here, would you say? I, I think we've heard it before when we've been at new venues. You know, Chambers Bay was was very new when we when we announced the event in 2008. It had only been open a year, but uh, it's it's not something we do. You know, we're committed to this event, and we've been committed from day one. There's never been. I heard you earlier talking about cold feet. Uh, we've been committed to hosting this championship here, and our partners at Pierce County have gone above and beyond in making sure the golf course is in great shape. You know, I think the big misconception and um, I often joke that a superintendent's worst day of their year is the day after the Masters because everyone sees how great Augusta looks for the week in uh, April, but no golf course can be U.S. Open conditioned or Masters conditioned every day of the week, 365 days a year. So I think there was a little bit of that. The clubhouse comes to mind. Uh, quite frankly, we, we don't care about the clubhouse. That's not why we're here. We don't need a clubhouse. And, and to be honest with you, it almost helps us not to have a clubhouse. We can build what we need for, for our purposes. So clubhouse has no bearing on us coming to a to an area or a golf course. It's, it's simply the golf course. And I think for those listeners out there that haven't seen Chambers Bay or haven't uh, aren't golfers or haven't played it, uh, whether you're here in person or what you'll see on Fox uh, during the week of the championship, it, this is a phenomenal setting. Uh, it's almost uh, a masterpiece when you step out here and look at this golf course from the pro shop. It's mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. So mm-hmm. we're we're really excited. Uh, you may or may not know that we here in the Northwest. I'm not from here, but I've lived here now twenty something years. 
we have a little inferiority complex. We feel like we're tucked away and no one pays attention to us. And as it relates to golf, we've always had a little inferiority complex because our dear friend Fred Couples fought, as you know, Danny, for years and years and years to try to get not just a major championship to the Northwest where he grew up, and we've had some some action at Sahali, uh, but to get a, a, a week, a, an annual PGA Tour event here. It never quite happened. So you can understand that we're on pins and needles, that everybody loves us when they come to the Northwest and they see Chambers Bay, and we want the USGA to come back in eight years or ten years or whatever it is that would be the, the amount of time. Uh, we are a little dismayed when we read tweets like Ian Poulter did the other day. I hear it's a farce. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't even played the golf tournament, and he's already criticizing the, uh, the layout or the, uh, or, or the attempt at Chambers Bay. What do you know about the players, and what do you think when you read stuff like Ian Poulter's? Well, I, you know, you can't really take that stuff to heart. There, we have 106, 156 players that are going to be here for the championship, and, and uh, you know, 100 of them aren't, aren't going to shoot 70 and, and win the event every day. So, you know, no matter where we're at, there, there's players that uh, the golf course will fit their eye. There's some that won't like it. There's some that will love it. You know, um, Chambers Bay is a big uh, thinker's golf course. You know, it's it's not – hit your ball down the middle of the fairway, and then hit it right at the, the, the whole location that we have on that particular day. So it's going to take someone to dedicate themselves to knowing the golf course and feeling it out and, and knowing they're going to get one bad break or, or two bad breaks and be able to mentally get through that. So with that said, with the Pacific Northwest, you, you know, I was, I was kind of unknown when I moved here too, but you've, you've got a great history of golfers from here, from Fred Couples, you mentioned, to Ryan Moore, to the Putnam brothers, to, you know, half the Washington State women's golf team lives in my neighborhood. I mean, the <laughs> golf history here is, is, is phenomenal. You've got Kyle Stanley and everyone here that loves golf. And I've been to the Boeing Classic two years. You've got one of the best senior tour events around. I, I think it's a matter of time, personally, before the PGA Tour ah. uh, finds the right, the right combination here. We would love to bring the U.S. Open back here. We'd love to bring other USGA championships back to this part of the country. It is, it is kind of uh, a jewel, and uh, I don't think it's on the back burner as much as you guys think it is. Wow. You know, when you bring a, an event the size of the U.S. Open here, everyone's looking from the LPGA Tour to the PGA Tour. Um, all those organizations are looking, and we'll see how successful this is. And I, I think it's just a matter of time. Talk about that in particular. You said we'll we'll see how successful this is, and you think it's just a matter of time. Clearly, what happens like in any other business is you're going to run the event. We're going to have a great time. We're going to crown a champion on that Sunday. What is it, June 20th? I think it is, or 21st. And yep. and and then you guys are going to go back to the USGA headquarters. And you're going to get into a room with all the particulars involved, I'm assuming, including yourself. And you're going to reflect upon what happened over those four days and how, what happened over that week and in the lead up to the U.S. Open. What are the specific things that determine whether the USGA decides to go back to a course that they've only played once for a U.S. Open a second time? Sure, that's a great question. Every business has different measures of success. Fortunately for us here, we've already hit about 95% of them with volunteer recruitment, ticket sales, corporate hospitality support. We've knocked those out of the ballpark already before the events, even before that first tee shot's even hit. You know, quite frankly, what we need to see now is is how the golf course reacts to the best players in the world. We, we feel like it's going to be a great test. What does that mean, um, how the golf course reacts, Danny? 
Well, you know, there are variables out here that you can't control. We can't control the weather. Um, that's one thing we can't control. We're going to have the, the, the golf course prepared for, for anything be be uh, available for anything switching. But, you know, you, without having a championship on a, on a golf course, it's, it's the first time for us. So we want to see, you know, we're not going to listen to every player and listen to their complaints and change the golf course, but we want to make sure that it is a true firm test of golf for the best players in the world. And, and that's, that plays a big role of it. That's the star of the show is our golf course. You know, the golfers will come here and, and play, but the true, uh, the true star of the show is the mm-hmm. golf course. And mm-hmm. we feel a hundred percent confident that, that the golf course is going to be a great test of golf for, for everyone. We're not really concerned about that. Um, so I think, you know, we're 95% of the way there. We've done all the legwork. We've done all the prep work. We think the site is in great shape. Um, it's just that inside the ropes that we haven't, haven't really tested on a U.S. Open stage yet. And quite frankly, we're not worried. What we need, quite frankly, is an invite back. You know, we don't, we don't just set up shop and say, hey, we're bringing the U.S. Open to uh, Chambers Bay. We're invited by the host organization. So we want to make sure they have a good experience, too. Right. Pierce County, the residents of, of the region, uh, we need to be invited back. So we're doing all that we can in prep. Uh, leading up to the championship to make sure that that last uh, I'm inviting last you back, Danny. Is... Danny, I'm, invi- <laughs> I'm inviting you back right now on behalf of the entire Pacific Northwest. I have been given the authority to to speak on behalf of everybody. <laughs> Great. You're invited back. It. You're invited back. Let, let, candidly, candidly, people sure. have asked me what what is it that would really push the USGA to want to come back, and I say that there's a number of different things. I think it doesn't hurt to have a great champion. To either have a very dramatic end, I don't know, maybe even a playoff, a Monday playoff. We've heard about those so many times in the past. But but having, I mean, if Phil Mickelson won his first ever U.S. Open at Chambers Bay, I would imagine that it would be difficult for the USGA to not come back at some point over the next 15 years or not want to come back. So what about a Jordan Spieth or a Phil Mickelson or a, you know, a really marquee champion? At Chambers Bay, Danny. That's a great point. You know, you, you look at 2008 at Torrey Pines. Uh, we were at a, a, a municipal golf course for the first time owned by the city of San Diego. And people put that down in the history as one of the greatest U.S. Opens we've ever had. And the reason was because Tiger won on a broken leg and he beat Rocco Mediate in a playoff. Never forget uh, it. Coincidentally, Never forget in 2009, we had a ton of rain in New York at Bethpage State Park a great venue for us, a great historic golf course, and Lucas Glover won, and he haven't, hasn't really done much since. So um, your point is true. You know, I would love to see Phil Mickelson uh, win this event. He's great for the game of golf. He's he's finished runner-up six times. The young guys you mentioned, Jordan Spieth, uh, great story, great local connection. Um, one of the local guys being in contention would help, but that yeah. you, you hit the nail on the head. A lot mm-hmm. of the public perception for the folks that aren't here um, is who was the champion, and that's what makes the event, which in, in theory is not, not true. You know, we could do everything right and have a first-time winner, and, you know, like we did at, with Roy McIlroy in 2011 at Congressional, who went on to great things, number one player in the world. But uh, the public perception is that, um, you know, whoever that champion is marks that championship, and I think we'll have a great champion here. I, I hope it's one of the, one of the, the big names, and, and it's good for golf. I think the next generation – that we can expose the game here to in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, our junior program is huge. We like for kids. We like to. I like to see thousands of kids out here 
uh, being at the event for the first time. You what never it, know. One what of is the rule? Watch. What is what is the rules on on the kids? Explain that. I was going to ask you that at the very end before I sure. ask you about the epic putt challenge. G- give everybody an update because I, I we can't we can't assume anything here. There are probably people listening that are wondering what what how do I take my kid to the U.S. Open. Yeah, that's a great point. Thanks for teeing that up. Uh, 12 and under, get in free. No questions asked. You show up at the admission gate. If you have an adult ticket and you have a child 12 and under, they get in free. You just show up at one of the gates and get a junior ticket. Uh, 13 to 17 are are a a reduced ticket price at the gates. Unlimited tickets for kids. We want to see the fairways lined with kids. We want to see that next generation. And one thing I I get asked a lot is what memories would I take away from this? And you never know. There may be a little boy or little girl, eight or nine years old, that comes to Chambers Bay for the first time in June and falls in love with the game and and eventually wins the U.S. Open or U.S. Women's Open. You just get stories like that all the time. Mm -hmm. Everybody has an entree into what their passion is. And I hope in 20 years we hear a story about a youngster, a little girl that came to the to the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay that comes yeah. on to win the U.S. Women's Open. That would be a phenomenal story. But please, please expose your your children to this game, this great game of a lifetime. And uh, what what better way to do it than at Chambers Bay this summer? Too late, too late to get tickets. I mean, if you're an adult who doesn't have have tickets and have has kids and want to bring your kids, uh, what would you? Is there any recommendation that you can make to anybody to getting tickets at this late stage? We're it's, just thirty. It's not too late. You know, we've been sold out of our championship rounds for for months now. We had a great turnout with that. We still have practice round tickets available at usopen.com okay. for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and those are very heavily attended days. You know, we'll have thirty thousand people during our practice rounds, and we'll have every player out here because the majority of them haven't seen this golf course. So. Great opportunity to come out, bring your children. The, the players will sign autographs here and there. They'll interact with the, the, the fans, things like that. So it's a phenomenal opportunity to come out and see them getting ready for, for, for Thursday for the first round. Are you guys going to really make our buddy Freddie play 36 holes in Newport, California? <laughs> is, there anything, is, there, the... is there anything I can do right now? I'm, I got my wallet open. I'm open to negotiation. What can I do personally on behalf of our guy, Freddie, to, to avoid him having to get off his couch? You know, Freddie doesn't like to get off the couch, let alone play 36 holes in one day. What can I do for Freddie to get him into the field without him having to go through this nonsense? Well, I, I can't answer that question, but I can tell you Freddie's a testament to the game and what, what's great about the U.S. Open. We have over... 9,800 people that have that have registered to try to qualify to play in this event. It's the most democratic championship in the world. Anyone with a 1.4 handicap index and below from around the world can qualify to play in this event. And Freddie's a great story and a, and a great person. I I uh, hope he makes it through that qualifying. That would be phenomenal. Who was the last? Who, who was the last guy to be granted a USGA special exemption into the into the field? Do you remember? I, I, right off the top of my head, um, I believe uh, maybe VJ Singh in 2010 at, at Pebble Beach. Um, we don't do it often. Uh, there's special circumstances, and our executive committee take a good look at that. But certainly, it's something we would wait until after after qualifying to do, no oh. matter what. Oh, so the door is still slightly ajar if he doesn't make <laughs> your. You're going to make him go through the process, bust his butt, maybe break his back in half. And if he doesn't make it, then perhaps you might, the USGA might grant him a special invitation. Is that the way it works? I didn't say that, uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we, we just, we just hope, uh, we hope we get some great local, local players. You know, we've got two local qualifying 
uh, sites here. That that uh, local qualifying starts on Monday, the 11th. So, uh, and then we okay. have a sectional here. Okay. Um, we're going to have some great local talent in the U.S. Open for sure. Anything else that you'd like to get out about uh, driving or parking instructions? Or I'm I'm just kind of going to throw the ball to you because there's always things that we can spread the word on that will be helpful to you and the the operation of the event. Before I ask you about the Epic Putt Challenge, is there anything else? Sure. Well, anything else no, in terms I, of parking it, and, and, and the difficulty in parking? And, of course, you know what we're, <laughs> we're concerned with here on the show is media parking. You better get us up close and personal. We've got to be there at 6 a.m. on Thursday morning. That's not an easy call to make. Uh, what, 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 do you have, any, you have anything to tell us, or, or, our listeners, about driving instructions or parking or anything like that? I, I do. I, I think one of the things you talked about rumors and things like that, it, you know, this is a huge event and, uh, you know, counterintuitive to, to what most people would think. We want to direct people away from the actual site to park because we have a shuttle system that shuttles all of our spectators in and we want you to have a good experience. So if, you, if you're coming to the event, we encourage you to, to check out our spectator information guide at usopen.com. It tells you where the red parking lot is, which is at the Puyallup Fairgrounds. It tells you where the blue parking lot is. Those are both general parking lots that are free of charge. We want you to get here effectively, quickly, um, get you okay. through security and things like that. It is a big event, but it's not going to be Armageddon like we, we've heard over the past couple of years. Okay. You know, for the local residents even, they're going to be able to get in and out of work. We do this every year. We've done it 115 years, and part of our success is is making sure people have a great experience from when they get in their car to come to the championship until they leave. So rest assured that we've got uh, officers in place at intersections to get you to where you need to go. We just want everyone to have a great experience, and that's part of part of the success of the championship. Is we wouldn't have it without spectators that attended and supported our event. So okay. we're really excited to to host everyone uh, down here in University Place. What's the epic putt challenge? Explain this to me at Seattle Tacoma Airport, SeaTac. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we started about three years ago, and this this is not really the level of. I know a lot of listeners have probably been to the Super Bowl and and seen what the NFL does Man, around the Super Bowl, yeah, but you yeah. think about their model is their game is four hours long and they want to create an event out of that our game is seven days times 12 hours a day so we've got a lot more programming here on site but what we have done is we want to reach out into the community for folks that maybe don't come to the event don't know a lot about the usga and what we do or a lot about the us open and our first part of that here in this market is the epic putt challenge which we installed at SeaTac uh, on may 4th and it's uh in the central terminal, um, beyond the security checkpoint. So if you're flying in and out, you have the opportunity to, to participate in our epic putt challenge, which are just some of the iconic in the last 20 years putts that people have made to either win the U.S. Open or, in Tiger Woods's case, tie to go into a playoff. So we've got a, a 60-foot-long putting green wow. um, at SeaTac. So people can practice a 18-foot putt like Payne Stewart made at Pinehurst in 1999 or uh, a, a, a similar putt that Tiger Woods hit at Torrey Pinehurst. Hines. Hale Irwin was famous in 1990 for, for making a very long putt to, to win the U.S. Open. And then we've got a replica of the 18th green at Chambers Bay, too. So a great cool. opportunity for us to show people that don't know about golf or, hey, I've heard of this U.S. Open thing, but I really don't know what it's all about. It's part of our Open for All uh, campaign, which we'll have, we'll have some installations at, at the uh, Pacific Science Center, our STEM education program, which is a, a great program for kids to learn about golf and science and technology and engineering and math and how all those things help guide uh, youngsters in the educational process. That kicked off on May 4th as well at the Pacific Science Center. 
And then something I'm really excited about is an activation actually in Seattle during the U.S. Open at South Lake Union Park. We're going to have an opening night celebration on June 17th. Everyone's invited to attend. There's no admission charges. There's a viewing party all four days of the championship, once again at, at South Lake Union Park. Um, just a lot of things integrating the U.S. Open into the community above and beyond just what's happening at Chambers Bay. Congratulations. We're very, very excited, not only the radio station, but everybody in the community in the Seattle-Tacoma areas. We've wanted this, and we've been waiting for this for a long time. We're going to put our best foot forward, and we're going to see you out there in 30-something days. Thank you so much for all that you've done over the last two and a half years, and congratulations and good luck to what happens in 30-some-odd days. And remember one one thing, Danny, if, if you have trouble sleeping in any night now leading up to the big championship because you put so much work into this and you're a little restless, instead of counting sheep, I want you to count Freddies. Okay? <laughs> one Freddy, two Freddy, three Freddy. Just keep counting Freddies and keep that in your mind, okay? You got it, guys. Thanks right. so much for all the support and all the listeners for making this a huge event. We're so excited and honored to to be in this community. We're gonna we're gonna give you a good show. We're we're looking forward to seeing you. Thank you, Danny. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, there's Danny Sink, the championship director of the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay.